Presentation Skills for Design Students, Episode 16. Da, 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 na, na, da, 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 na, na. Hello and welcome to Presentation Skills for Design Students, the podcast dedicated to helping design students everywhere become confident, creative communicators. My name's Christina Cantors, and I'm here to help you speak with confidence, create compelling presentations, and communicate your ideas like a rock star. So let's get to it. Oh, hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. It is the New York edition. Yes, I cannot tell you how excited I am to be podcasting to you from New York City. I've just moved here. I've been here for almost a week now, and I've just been having the best time getting out there, exploring, experiencing the city. I'll be here for the next few months and I will be doing my very best to interview all the amazing creative people here that will be able to share lots and lots of amazing communication tips with you. So I'm going to be making that my mission while I'm here. So there's lots of exciting stuff coming up and in store for you. Now this week's episode is all about the fear or more specifically the fear of public speaking. Now, it's something that affects most of us, me included. And today, you're going to discover some interesting stuff about where this fear comes from and how we can manage it. But first, as always, I have a story from studio to share with you. And this one's from Alex, who is now in second year of landscape architecture at Monash University in Melbourne. I used to be a swimmer and training every morning and every afternoon. He'd wake up like five in the morning till seven, and then oh, wake up in the five in the morning and train till like seven, eight o'clock. Anyway, so I was used to going to bed at nine o'clock, and then uni starts, and I was like, holy crap, what's going on here? And I had about seven late nights in first semester and pulling all-nighters, so that wasn't good. Second semester kicks in and I decided, no, that's it, I need to change my ways. And I began to eat properly, start going to bed at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, still finishing all my work at the right times and just really balancing my workload and finding what works for me. Eating well for me was just like the... Not in the sense that, you know, you're not really going on a diet, you're just watching, like, what you eat, so... Like a lot of, I used to bring my own food in. Something healthy that really, you know, gives you this enough energy to work through the day. And yeah, I mean, people would sit there and go, oh, you brought, you know, they, they'd want your meal. Instead, they'd go downstairs to the canteen, buy like, you know, a big M or something that's like really high in sugar and just not, I don't know, it just looks into the whole health benefits of it. And um, that sort of helped me out. So they, instead of eating, you know, a bag, packet of chips or drinking like a chocolate big M or something like that, I'd go and make my own meal and feel good afterwards and yeah smash out all my work and no worries (laughs) that's great advice there from Alex and thank you so much for sharing that story with us I think finding what works for you is a really is really important I know a lot of people tend to pull all-nighters because everyone else is doing it and really you don't need to be doing if you if you don't need to pull an all-nighter don't feel the pressure to do it. Just because you're staying up all night doesn't mean that you're uh, being particularly productive. 
And also eating well is just so important. I know that when I'm eating well and treating my body right and exercising and all that, I, I perform much better mentally. I get more work done. I'm more productive. So if you find that you're lacking energy, maybe have a look at what you're putting into your body. And as Alex does, maybe try bringing your own food in and staying away from all the sugary processed crap that's so readily available at the canteens these days. Now, if you would like to share your story from studio, I'd love to hear it. And it's really easy. All you have to do is go to designjawspeak.com slash story and hit the record button and and go for it. It just has to be 60 seconds, 60 to 90 seconds, not even. I love hearing all your stories and there's something that we can all learn from each other's experiences. Okay, so without further ado, let's dive right into this week's episode, which is all about conquering the fear. Did you know that we are born with only two fears? It's the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Falling and loud noises. All other fears are learned through our experiences. Now, usually this is from a bad experience, like uh, like people who might get bitten by a dog at a young age, or it's from what we've been taught by our parents. Like they tell us, don't walk down a dark alley at night. You know, so we sort of fear, fear dark, small places from that, but that's for our own safety. Or we could develop a fear from watching a scary movie, like a fear of sharks after watching Jaws. I actually developed a fear of ventriloquist dummies after reading the Goosebumps book, uh, Night of the Living Dummy, it's called, by, by R.L. Stein. I read that when I was a kid. If you haven't read it, it's about this dummy called Slappy who comes alive and he starts doing bad things. Oh, totally creeps me out. And of course, all those Chucky movies totally creep me out as well. But anyway, these sorts of fears that we develop and learn over time, the fact that we've actually learnt them, you know what that means? It means that these fears can be unlearned or at least reduced to some capacity. And the fear of public speaking is no different. Now, why do we actually fear public speaking so much? I did some research on this and discovered that it's actually built into us to to want to be accepted into society and, and be accepted by the people around us. Now, back when we were hunter-gatherers and we lived in tribes, if you were rejected or ostracized from the group, that actually meant death because you'd be eaten or stomped on or you'd just freeze to death because there was this safety in in numbers so it was a matter of life life or death whether you were accepted into the tribe or not now when we stand up and speak in front of a group we're actually we're putting our ideas and our thoughts on the line and we often just fear judgment by others and rejection by others now the only difference in today's society is that you're certainly not going to face death as a potential consequence of not doing a great job but you know what happens? You know what goes on in our heads? We, we tend to tell ourselves stories, stories of what can go wrong, stories of and, – and we, we paint these scenarios in our heads that completely paralyze us and prevent us from being constructive and, and moving forward. We tend to tell ourselves, oh, I'm going to be terrible or I bet they'll see how nervous I am or what if they don't like my idea 
what if what if no one listens? And we tend to just be our own worst enemies, our own worst critics. And that does absolutely nothing to help. So today I'd like to give you three ways that you can manage the fear. Now you may not be able to kill off the fear completely, but you can definitely put it on a leash, rope it in and cage it and control it. Make it make it sit and roll over, whatever. So I'm going to give you three ways to manage it. But first, I just want you to remember a few things for the next time you experience the fear. And hopefully, hopefully this will help to settle that fear down and and make you feel a bit more at ease. First thing to remember, the fear can be managed. So you may not be able to eliminate it, but if you can accept and acknowledge that you will experience a certain amount of fear, you can then consciously take measures to manage it or reduce it. So remember that you can manage the fear. The second thing to remember, we're often very self-conscious, obviously, as we think other people are judging us. Now, I hate to break this to you, but when you're giving your presentation, your audience members, they mostly care about them, not about you. So they're much more likely to be thinking, okay, so what am I going to find interesting, interesting about this? What's in it for me? They're not going to be thinking, oh man, he's wearing crappy shoes or, oh, she's so boring. I'm never going to talk to her again. Believe me, they're not actually thinking that. They're thinking about themselves. And also, if you're presenting to the rest of your class and your peers are also presenting in that same session, I guarantee that everyone else in the room will just be thinking about their own presentations because everyone is going to be just as nervous, if not more, as you. So the people who haven't spoken yet are just going to be thinking about what they're going to say and the people who've already been have just are thinking about what they've already said. And the last thing to remember, your audience wants you to do well. I know if I see someone present and they look really uncomfortable and nervous, it makes me feel really uncomfortable too. So I want them to do well. I want them I, I want to be rooting for them. And your tutors and teachers are the same. They know what it's like to be up there presenting. And plus, your work is partly a reflection of their mentoring skills. So of course they want you to do a good job. Your tutors aren't there to drag you down. Although I know sometimes it it feels that way. But think about this. If your tutor doesn't want you to do well, then I don't know, there's something wrong there. Maybe they need to take a holiday or have a massage or something. It's not you, it's them. Okay, so now, how can this fear be managed? Now, I've got three simple ways that you can manage this fear. Number one, put a different spin on the story you tell yourself. You know how I mentioned before about how we tell ourselves these really negative stories of how things are going to go down and how terrible we're going to be? Well, you can't change your circumstance, okay? You're going to have to get up and present no matter what. But what you can change is your mindset and you can change the stories that you tell yourself. Now, you don't know how your presentation is going to end, do you? You don't know if it's going to be turn out good or bad. So there's no point paralyzing yourself with negative stories of doom and gloom. So turn the story around. Think to yourself, okay, well, if my presentation isn't great, what can I then learn that's going to help me next time? 
How could I improve and make it better? So use this as an opportunity to learn and grow and improve. And also, here's something you can do. Instead of thinking, what if I give a bad presentation? Just think, okay, well, if I give a bad presentation, what will be the consequences? Will I be ostracized from my group? Will my friends hate me? Will I get punched in the face? Will I get forced out into the cold and eaten by werewolves? Probably not. So you'll find that the consequences aren't actually that bad and they're not going to last very long either. So next time you catch yourself saying to yourself, oh, I'm going to suck, think about this. Now, is this story going to help me or is it going to paralyze me? Telling yourself that you're going to suck is not very constructive. So see if you can change that story up to something that's going to help you instead. The second thing you can do to manage your fear is to view the presentation as an opportunity, not a hindrance. Now, this is something that I like to do. This is the way I I deal with my fear. I, I view the presentation as an opportunity or a challenge to share all the cool things that I've learned with my audience. So once you start to view your presentation as a challenge or an opportunity to share your ideas with the world, it will definitely help you as opposed to viewing it as one of those hideous, unavoidable assessment tasks that you just want to get over and done with. So you think, yeah, okay, here's my chance to show my audience that I really love what I'm doing and I'm really passionate about this. How can I stand out and be memorable and make this a presentation that's really going to be different to all the others? If you start to change your mindset this way, then that fear will then start to turn into excitement. So view the presentation as an opportunity. Now, the final thing I'm going to share with you today to help manage your fear is to give yourself a little pep talk. You know, if you're playing sports and and before before a game or a match or or at halftime, you get into a little huddle and, and your coach or your team captain just pumps everyone up and says, yeah, guys, we can do this. And then you feel, and you just feel really great about it and you're just inspired to do well. It's exactly the same with giving a presentation and giving yourself a pep talk is really no different. So I'd like to make this the challenge of the week. Now I'd like you to write down a short pep talk to yourself. I'd like you to write down what you're good at, write down that your content is really great and that people are going to love what you share. Then read it out loud to yourself. Now, I know it sounds weird, but hey, you may as well practice getting uncomfortable. We are dealing with fear here after all. And read it, read it over again before you give your presentation. So a little pep talk could go something like this. You are going to do a great job today. No question. You know your stuff. You've worked really hard. And your ideas deserve to be shared with the world. You are confident. You are charismatic and passionate. You are going to show them all these qualities and knock their socks off. Now go and be awesome. Oh, I feel better already. (laughs) So try it out. Try it out. Write a little pep talk to yourself and see if it makes a difference. So there you go. Just three simple ways that you can manage your fear of public speaking. Now just to quickly recap, number one, Put a different spin on the story you tell yourself. There's no point being negative. Turn it into something constructive. 
Secondly, view your presentation as an opportunity, not a hindrance. And finally, write down what you're good at and that you're going to smash the presentation and give give yourself a little pet talk before you get up there. Try it. It's your challenge this week. So that wraps up this week's episode of Presentation Skills for Design Students. Now, if you found these tips useful and you'd like to discover more about how you can become a confident, creative communicator, you can join the Speak Studio. Now, the Speak Studio is a group of awesome people who receive weekly tips and advice and little and little inspirational bits and pieces from me. So if you'd like to join the Speak Studio, just go to designdrawspeak.com and pop in your name and email address and that's all you really need to do to get your weekly inspirational dose. And of course, if you feel like anyone else you know would benefit from more awesome tips on how to become a confident communicator and kick ass at their next presentation, please share it with them too and let them know that they can also join the Speak Studio. Anyway, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate it. And like I said before, I am really excited to be podcasting from New York and I've got a lot more fantastic things lined up for you. So make sure you tune in next week. So have a fabulous week, everyone. And until next time, this has been Presentation Skills for Design Students, helping you become a confident, creative communicator.